Hello and welcome to Life Beyond the Numbers, the podcast for people who are curious about how to have a more fulfilling work life. We live in a world largely driven by numbers, logic and reason. But how we feel at work and about our work impacts us, our organisations and society. There is a relationship between the numbers of our organisations and the life beyond the numbers. I'm Susan Michrielon, your host. I've lived and worked in many countries. I've met people who love what they do and people who don't. People who bring their full selves to work and people who won't. But one thing that I've learned that is common to us all is that we are all unique and have unique experiences. And it's helpful to know that there are others who think like we do, or have had struggles too, or have gone where we want to go, or can show us things we didn't know. So join me and my guests as we place a lens on the human side of work life by sharing insights, stories and strategies to inspire you to let your uniqueness shine. Today, I am delighted to welcome Megena Girazi to Life Beyond the Numbers. Megena, you are so welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much, Susan. It's an honor, it's a pleasure. I'm excited, I'm grateful, I'm everything. Wonderful. <laughs> thank you. And Megena and I were introduced by the lovely Sam Allen, and Sam and I recorded an episode about reconnecting episode 120 I'll leave a link in the show notes so thank you Sam if you're listening and just before we hit record the strangest thing ever happened and I'm hoping it's a good omen but these balloons came up into my zoom screen from absolutely nowhere I've never That's seen a lovely anything. sign of celebration so maybe this is a celebration moment this is a celebration so hopefully we're, we're saying there's no pressure on the conversation but you know. <laughs> it started well Let's it started that. well absolutely and Megina I've been looking at your website and looking at you on LinkedIn and one of the things that really stood out was you talking about personal vision and how our personal vision changes over the years. And it's important for us to, to recognize that, move with it, as opposed to against it. So maybe you talk a little bit about that and give us some examples of where your personal vision perhaps has changed. That's beautiful. That's beautiful that you see it that way, because everybody reads differently of the same text. So I'm very happy that you have actually picked up on that. Yeah, personal vision is something that I'm quite passionate about working because it's funny enough, I have changed a lot throughout my life. Like, and also that vision has changed. So in a way, my life has also taught me not to be attached to just one thing. And that has been like a huge life lesson throughout the years. And also what I've noticed is that I actually, even though like change is the constant, right? We, we get to hear that all the time, like change is the constant and somehow we're very resistant to change. 
And what I've learned throughout the years is also to embrace this and surrender and trust, which is which has huge words and it's a huge work behind it. And I think that has been also my long life lesson to be learned and still learning to surrender more and more to that. And also something else coming back to that, you saying like the vision changing is to me, what is really important is at the right moment, at this particular moment, am I in alignment with, am I in resonance with my values, with what I stand for, with actually what my heart beats for? You know, there is this excitement that I also go after and which may sound a little bit woo-woo, but it's it's very much that joy. Like it's it's something that drives me. So what brings me that lightness? What brings me that joy? And going after it and trusting that also gut feeling that, okay, this feels good. So I don't know what's coming. And sometimes the vision is not clear. And it's okay for me. That's what I've learned. It's okay that the vision is not clear, but the first step is clear. And I think that's really what I've learned to trust, knowing that, okay, I'm clear about the first step. And then the second step will show itself and trusting that, okay, I will know at the end of the day, what is, what is right. <laughs> Apparently I get a confirmation. Oh my Zoom. God. Zoom is obviously listening to our conversation because it just oh, said again, a, a thumbs up and I did not do anything. I swear. This is so weird. We have other entities in the call, apparently. <laughs> Confirming stuff. <laughs> I'm not surrendering to that. I don't trust it, I'm afraid. I'm not embracing this new technology. <laughs> but there are your words you've used there in that sentence, Nagena, embrace, surrender, trust. And I wonder, what does it mean to surrender? What is surrender? Oh, I'm still learning that. I'm really still learning that. Surrender for me, it goes very much with that trust, right? It, so in the sense that trusting that life has your back and that things happen. I always hear this things happen for a reason. Yes, to a certain degree, I believe that. And there is still something for me that is the free will as well. So things happen for a reason, and it's what you make up of those things as well. Like, how do you show up? Because life will happen. Things will happen. So how do we, again, show up in those things? What choice do we have? What is it that we choose to do at all times? So I think it comes down to that choice. And linking it back to surrender is very much like, okay, this thing happened right now. Like, I trust that it is for my development, for my growth. You know, it comes also to mind now that expression that I've learned in Orsk, what is good and what is bad? You know, all the time there is a story about it, like what's good and what's bad, right? Because something that at the moment might sound good, then it it turns to be a blessing in disguise. And like at the moment, like two days ago, I have been diagnosed with Hashimoto thyroid disease and my whole world <laughs> turned upside down. And I'm still in that sphere or still in that energy where I'm like, oh God, what, what, what's going on? Like, what is this about? And, and to me, just having these two days also to be with all the feelings, to be with everything in it, 
I'm realizing right now, yes, and maybe this is a wake up call for me to take care of my health, to get a rest, to really have a, like a radical change when it comes to all my body and, and all my health, because I've not been listening. I thought I was, I thought I was. And, but radically, uh, there is some, some self-betrayal at, at some degree, which is very, very funny because I think I have lived healthily and I think I have heard, I've listened, but not to, to a deeper level. Oh, Zoom, I'm really getting upset with Zooms here. Sorry, Megina, because it's interrupting my flow of thought and, and, and listening and what you said, and I wonder, because you said thyroid, and thyroid is a hormone. Yes. And so I, I think we we probably have less control over uh, over our hormones than we do a, a lot of the other things that go on in our body. Not that I'm a medical person at all, but it may not have been anything you were doing or not listening to as much as well. It may just be hormones and they seem to have a mind of their own and a will of their own. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is an autoimmune disease. Okay. And I still, I'm not, again, I'm not a doctor and I'm just learning about it. Yeah. And at the same time, there are things that we can always do, right? To help our body to to live better, to live a healthy life, to listen. Because I feel I have quite a good connection with what's going on and I've been feeling the need to rest, to reset. And I still push on. I still do things that that I feel I shouldn't I don't know if it's a pleaser thing if it's a woman thing if it's nowadays thing where you need to keep up with everything that's going on so it's it's a lot of things and still I haven't been strong enough to say no to a lot of things is it a habit it's almost like yeah it's a pattern or a habit that to actually interrupt it it's it's the perhaps saying no which is often daunting especially if you work for yourself yes yeah it's not only that it's i think also because you know i work and and i assume you work as well with something that we're very passionate about right and and it's very hard definitely where you're in that flow when you're really in that energy it's like very hard to say okay stop now you need to rest because you don't realize it it's just you're there and on top of that I've also for the last three months been living in Albania in my home country and it's also what this need to be with people to be with cousins to be with family all the time so there hasn't been much time where I have been on my own and as a person I do need time on my own so and I failed a little bit to to set those boundaries to take that time for myself to take that rest so that's where I mean I should have been a little bit better at saying no and set those boundaries and fulfill the needs that uh, my body has and I I have as a person so in a way there's a constant checking in with ourselves a constant vigilance that we need no matter how well we think we're doing or how healthily we live 
the change piece that you referred to earlier is always constant. So even if we've perfected our system of being in the world, we can't take that for granted, can we? We have to check in every now and then Absolutely. and, and re-listen or, yeah. Absolutely. I think that's imperative. It's yeah. really imperative at all times to check in with self because it's like that if you're, if you're, cup is half empty or it's empty you can't give anything from an empty cup so we really need to be very cautious like where is our cup how filled is it at the moment like where am I how much am I spilling my energy or how much am I filling my energy with the things that I'm doing spilling or filling I mean that's just so beautiful <laughs> as a metaphor it's really good um, and Actually, I love that looking at your Instagram account, you do a lot of oppositions. So spilling or filling, people pleaser, kind soul, backtasking, switch tasking, and a lot of opposites. And I think that's really helpful for us to situate ourselves in some of these situations. And I'd love to talk about some of those things as well. Absolutely. Maybe we could start with the one about responsibility and the difference between being responsible or taking responsibility. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. I remember I've written an article about that. So as I also said before, like life happens, right? So it's important. And for me, leadership is also this. It's important how we show up in the world. So how much of this responsibility do you take in terms of this thing happen? What's the choice? How do you show up? How responsible are you? First, for the things that happen, and also second, which is, I think it's more important, it's like, what are you choosing to do about them for the things that happen, right? And also, because what I've realized is very much like, we, we love some of us, not all of us. <laughs> we love to blame, and we love to act as victims that this thing happened to me. And I think coming also from Albania. It's a cultural thing a little bit. I can notice it in the whole country that we tend to have this kind of attitude and mindset, like things happen to us. And moving from Albania, it had become very clear that, hey, you have a responsibility, see how you're building, how you're showing up, how you're creating the life that you're creating. That's the taking of responsibility and being responsible for what is it that you're creating. So that has also been a huge lesson for me. Instead of pointing fingers, it's turning those fingers around and seeing, okay, what's my part in it, right? Absolutely. What is it that I'm choosing? Absolutely. And I, and I think you've made a really interesting point there as well about culture and how different cultures may have manifested I suppose a different attitude and I, I do think in Ireland where I grew up we certainly had something similar and I often would have now in hindsight put that in a little bit to religion because it's like we when we went to church we we prayed for things to happen and it was almost like God's will or if God is willing and it's almost like then not taking responsibility for your life that actually my destiny is predetermined so I might as well sit back and let it happen and then if anything goes wrong well that was their fault 
Exactly. It's easy to blame others, right? Very easy. <laughs> and I'm not sure we're all aware that we have or we can take responsibility. I think that's a really nice way of putting it, that we can take back some responsibility for ourselves. And it's not just what our bosses say or what the leader says or what my parents say or the neighbors say. Actually, I have some say. Exactly. Yeah, I love that when also clients get this aha moment because as a coach, you're like a mirror. And when you play it back to them and you say, hey, but, and what's your responsibility in this? And, and that's where sometimes goes into the aha moment. And some, they're also quite close, not wanting to see it, but I love it. And people are becoming even more and more aware nowadays to see how, how they're creating their own reality. And of course we, we can't control everything. We can't control all the variables. <laughs> so, so it is, it is what it is and the things we can control it's very much like how do we show up yeah our attitude our mindset our choices and it brings freedom definitely like there's there's a, an expansiveness even almost a relaxation about oftentimes we want to kind of not have responsibility or too much responsibility at work and and so on but actually feeling responsible for yourself i think gives you just a bit more sense of freedom about oh I have a choice here absolutely <laughs> I tend to be over responsible sometimes and there is also a backside to that in the sense of you know you ignoring completely your own needs and you ignoring of what's going on in in your reality and just because I have said yes to something, if I have 39 fever, sometimes I will still show up, which is stupid as well, because that's not doing anyone any good, right? So, so it's also about realizing sometimes, when am I being responsible? Definitely. And where there's a balance about being responsible. So, so I think there is also a backside to being overly responsible, like taking to extremes, of course, it's never never good yeah and what would you tell someone in that instance who showed up to you and said I have a temperature of 39 and they're there for the meeting or whatever you would say that is irresponsible probably you know yeah uh, yeah <laughs> exactly so uh, yeah it's it's one of life's great paradoxes, I think, that we can see in others sometimes what we don't see in ourselves. Or we excuse yeah. ourselves from certain behavior that we would never expect someone else mm -hmm. to do. Yeah, I think in that instance, because it just came to me, there is this value of loyalty. Definitely the, the value of responsibility, of course, but there is a value of loyalty that I have given my word to you and I have committed to this, right? So... So it's also not to leave you down in a way, but first place you leave yourself down because you didn't take care of yourself, right? So if you have 39 degree and you show up, yeah, you're, you're letting yourself down. You are, you're not, you're not serving your client and you're not serving no. yourself. Yeah, but you still feel like a hero. 
<laughs> which is stupid I know I know <laughs> And I think we do this all the time, you know, in workplaces, you go to work even when you're feeling ill because you don't want to let people down or you have too much work on and all of that. And one of the things I always found fascinating myself was if I was out for a week because I was practically like hospitalized by the time I left the office, you know. The world goes on. Yes, yes. It so does. That's the thing. Exactly. Even if you cancel a client last minute, they w- might do something with that hour that actually changes their whole life as well. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, completely. Yeah, completely. So then, Nagena, are you a people pleaser or a kind soul? And what's I the am. difference? It's very funny when I wrote that post. It's because I was uh, getting so many of my clients that the main topic was pleasing. I am a recovered pleaser and I still tend a little bit to go back to that pleasing attitude. And at some point I found myself like educating my clients versus pleasing and kind soul because, because there's a very fine line. Because people are very much like, yeah, but I do it because I love it and because I I really want the best. And for me, that fine line is the agenda behind, first of all, and also the sacrifice that you're doing. Like, what is it that it's costing you to to be that kind? Or Because kind is lovely. Like, kindness is a beautiful thing. I and mean, we really need more of it in the world. And when it goes into the other lane is when you're really taking something like sacrificing something out of yourself to do something for the others. And you, you might, we might argue as well that, that that's also, you know, like a very noble and humble thing. <laughs> and at the same time, when you don't have the capacity, when you don't have the resources, when you really are giving from that empty cup. I think that's where it goes into the pleasing part. And sometimes there is also another definition or definition, another layer to it that sometimes we pleasers, we also have an agenda in the sense that we, even though it comes out as very unconditional, there are still some conditions. Like we want something in return deep down unconsciously. We don't realize it first moment that we do things. And at the same time, we want something out of it. Like, it can be some kind of validation. It can be the desire to be liked, the desire to be accepted, to belong, to be part of the group. Like there are a lot of different different reasons why we do when we're in a pleasing mode. And that's the, that's the distinction, I feel. The kindness comes really from a pure heart, from no agenda, from really this unconditionality that whatever I do to you, I do it with a full heart. And, and really, I would love to do it. And the pleaser that goes a little bit with an agenda. Yeah, and a little bit, as you were speaking, a little bit of an unkindness towards yourself. Yes, exactly. Very well seen, yeah. Yeah, which is quite fascinating, isn't it? In that you're doing yourself a disservice again by, well, maybe you had an agenda and you're pleasing because you want something in return. But you're also maybe just feeling you can't let someone down and putting their needs ahead of your own when you don't need to. And actually, I I found and I find that if you say to somebody, no, 
it's actually usually very accepted. Mm, it is. And you don't have to explain why or anything. I can't do this for you now, or I won't be able to make that. And people just accept that. And I suppose when we put a request out there for someone, we're never doing it so they'll go out of their own way for us. Or if you're able to say no for yourself, then you expect other people can too. And we can't really mind other people's boundaries. So we rely on people to tell us what they can and cannot do. Absolutely. That's very true. Yeah. And I think our workplaces are full of people who are people pleasers and who are afraid to say, no, I can't take on that work or I can take it on next week or next month. Yes, that would be amazing if if they have the courage to do that. I think there is also another element to them, and maybe this doesn't only go for people pleasers, but the element of asking for help as well, which is a huge thing. For me, that was a huge learning, especially I, I remember we in my leadership program together with Sam, <laughs> we had this exercise, which, which was amazing. And it was all about to learn this skill of asking for help. And I don't know if I spoil actually the confidentiality of, of that program by telling the, the exercise, but I think, yeah, I can say it in because everybody experiences differently, but it was a maze and we were blindfolded and we were given a rope to hold and we needed to find the way out of this maze. And we were going around and around. And I remember that there was this hint in the that one was coming and saying, it was like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And before we start this exercise, I remember one or two of my classmates, they were saying, oh, but I'm claustrophobic. And even though we were doing it outside and then in the maze, I was hearing help, help. And in my mind, it was like, how many people are claustrophobic in this group? You know, that everybody's asking for help. I mean, I had no clue that that was the way out. Like it didn't even cross my mind at all. It's so crazy, like at all that asking for help was the way out. And I, I was one of the second last only because the leaders came to pull me out. Because in my mind, it was like, and I was doing all kinds of acrobatics and I even had videos like, I just had to find the way out because it cannot be that I cannot find the way out. <laughs> you know, holding the rope and with my legs doing all kinds of movements. <laughs> so it was really, really crazy. So, so that was a huge lesson. And from that, actually, I've learned how to ask for help more and more. That's so interesting, isn't it? That that, yeah. It's like it is, and I can picture it clearly, because I'm sure I'd be the same. <laughs> well, maybe not now, but once upon a time. And I have a book here, Influence by Zoe Chance. I think influence is your superpower. And she says that one of the things that a lot of us were brought up to be self-sufficient and generous. Exactly. Exactly. So we're very generous to give help or please. And sometimes yes. we give help out of the goodness of our heart. But then we are very slow to ask for it. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, if anyone was to ask me for help, I would absolutely help yes. if I could. 
And then, but I don't think that I can somehow then ask people for help. It's a crazy thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the mindset shift that I've done with myself because I know how much I love to help. Right. So the, the thing that I can keep telling to myself is like, you're denying others this joy to actually give you help, you know? So, so, and, and when I started initially, it was like really baby steps, right? It's like asking someone, can you give me some water and can you do this? Or, yeah, so, so now it has gone to bigger things and, and help like with workshops and trainings and everything. And it feels good. I can see, I can see the joy, not only to me, but also the people that are giving the help. I love that. That's such a lovely way of thinking about it, that you're denying people that feeling of joy by not asking for help. <laughs> yeah. And people have the, that choice to say no, right? That's, that's, that's the, the freedom. That's the freedom. They, if you take responsibility for that freedom. Exactly. exactly. And, and I think that ties nicely into the vision and what you were talking about as well or maybe vision or visualizing because you said sometimes it's not clear you can only see the next step or the first step and so do you see it do you feel it do you imagine it what is it that you're seeing Mm -hmm. that's beautiful well if I talk for myself, right? Because everybody is very different. So I'm a very feeling person. <laughs> and the, the fun part is, is that, and feelings do change. And a lot of people say feelings are unreliable because they are. And as a feeling person, what I've learned about myself is that I need to give myself the time to really feel the high, to really feel the low and to find that balance in between. Like it, what is it? that I am okay with at this moment. And at the same time, I have a very strong intuition. And to listen to that intuition, to listen to those feelings is I really need to give myself that time on my own to be with it. So the being part. And also shut down all the noise because there's a lot of patience around. And I find myself impatient as well when I have to take a decision because it's like everything goes so fast, fast, fast. And at the same time, knowing that there is a lot at stake when taking a decision, I mean, huge decisions, right? I'm taking about big decisions, not like what am I eating for lunch, which also is a, is a big decision sometimes, <laughs> but, but it's giving myself that time to be, to feel, to know. And that's for me, that's where the clarity becomes clear, the, the vision becomes clear and the clarity is, is gained. What else? Yeah, I think that. And I really like how you phrased that be, feel and know. And the know came with such knowing as well. <laughs> like it's almost like a part of you that is very determined. I yes. just know when I know. <laughs> exactly. Because I feel that's the pressure that we have from, I mean, this modern times or whatever, the nowadays that we're living right? The pressure that we need to know right away. And we need to be fast. We need to. So, so there is so much pressure. And I think the best gift that we can give to ourselves is that time, that silence, that being, right? And also covering your needs. What is it that you need without, as I also said before, like shutting down that noise from the outside. 
And I can see that also with my clients a lot because a lot come having these feelings of stuckness and not knowing, right? I'm sure you also get this client where every question that you ask is like, I don't know, right? <laughs> and, and I believe deep down that we all know. We all know. It's just if you ask yourself, if you give yourself the time, if you really, and sometimes you, you might also not need coaches, if you have that deep connection with yourself, it's really to give yourself that time to to find the answer. And you said that feelings, that people say feelings are unreliable. And the way I have kind of learned about it and the way I talk about it now, I suppose, is they're just data. Exactly. It it's, is. It's telling you something. It may not Absolutely. be actually right, but it may be right. But when you ignore it, then you're ignoring an, a source of your own intelligence. Exactly. And Absolutely. the more you can discern those feelings, because a lot of feelings are similar. So like excitement and fear can bring up similar feelings. And if you can discern those and make a nice little rainbow even of them exactly. then you can start to yeah. feel into things in a bit of a different way and I I do think we we're not really taught how to feel and that's why when we do feel we don't wait to know we just stop it mm. and that's it's hard where we sometimes to feel yeah 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 it is hard it's hard to be with that's where we get also a lot of things stored in our body because we we dismissed the feeling and being with it and i know i i do a lot of uh, trainings on soft skills and emotional intelligence and that's what i say usually as well is data is information every emotion is a data so take it as that as an indication of what's going on for you at that moment maybe some value is not being met or something needs to be changed so see it as data and yes, the data can change. It's a variable that can change. And at the same time, that's the truth for you at this moment. And as I said, it's it's for me, because I'm very much a feeling person, it's checking in at different points of those data and then making a, a synergy of that and, and finding what my truth is at that moment. Yeah. And I think the thing about emotional intelligence that kind of makes me laugh a bit is most people think emotional intelligence is about thinking not about actually <laughs> feeling they leave out the emotional part of it and actually we need to feel to have emotional intelligence yeah true true yeah yeah and and Megina let's talk a little bit about imposter syndrome because I know this mm. is something that you spend time talking about and working with at the moment I hear about it a lot more and even mm. in the last year, I think it, it's it's around a lot more. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of awareness around that. And honestly, I don't like the name imposter syndrome at all. <laughs> but it's like, that's what how people have come to realize it nowadays. For me, at the bottom of it, it's self-doubt, which we all have. Like this feeling of, I'm not enough. I... They will figure me out. I'm just faking it, right? And until I make it, which has been, you know, there are some TED Talks around it, which like, yeah, you, you need to fake it to make it. Um, so so at the bottom of it, it's 
it's really this this feeling of doubts and this saboteurs and inner critics that are being loud at those moments when and usually it happens when the status quo is is threatened or is changed when change is happening that's when our inner critics or the self-doubt it's it's the loudest so when we start a new job and when we're going into a new project on when we're doing something that is outside of our comfort zone that's when the self-doubt or the imposter it shows up um and honestly the the biggest cure that i've found with it it's a lot of self-compassion and it's a lot of acceptance at that moment that this is what's going on with me and uh, this is what it is now and it's not gonna last forever it's because this thing is happening that's why it's coming up and really being very generous with your compassion with ourselves in the sense of what do I need right now, right? And a lot of reminding also ourselves of the magnificent things that we have done to be there in the first place, right? That we deserve to be there, that we have done the work, that we, yeah, that we deserve to be there. It's very beautiful, like usually what I have, because of course I I have, I mean, that's why I'm I'm working on it and it's a niche because I've had a lot also as a new coach initially and sometimes even now that I have years of coaching still have this self-doubt and imposter thoughts of oh am I worth my fees do I really do what I preach <laughs> and all, all kinds of other things so and what really helps me sometimes yes taking that time to give that love and the compassion to myself and also having a list of reading the testimonials you know, like all the good words that other people say that I could have never made up myself because even sometimes when I read it, I'm like, ah, that's not, that's not even possible. Like, that's not me. <laughs> but, but it's funny, not um, because it's, I can't make up, you know, like a hundred testimonials. So it, it's really nice to, to have that, those nice words being said, those acknowledgements, those championing words to oneself when we are at the, at our lowest. So, so that's one of the tools that can be used. Yeah, that reminder and what a magnificent word magnificence is. Yeah. And, you know, remind that I love that word because it sounds so huge that, yeah, if you can lean into that. And I think it's one of the best pieces of advice I got early on when I started to work for myself was to keep a folder with every single nice feedback that you get so that when you are doubting yourself you just go and read those things whether it's a client testimonial a podcast listener somebody who's read something all of those things and then you're like <laughs> I can exactly. Yeah. Again. Yeah. <laughs> exactly absolutely it does miracles to me it does it puts yeah. me in that yeah yeah in that energy and there's something else about the doubt being necessary to Megana, I think that is it's because I... it's exactly sorry to interrupt. I think it's because it really matters. It's, it's like because you thing, care. You care. You really care. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I know I've done a hundred of workshops also in person. And I can feel that every time I'm a little nervous. Like the night before, I I would not sleep because it's I I want everything to be like well and to give my best and to to really transmit and and for everyone to get the the most out of it. 
And I know the people close to me is like, yeah, but you have done this so often. Like, are you still that nervous? And it, and I always say, it's not about being nervous. It's a mixture of excitement and nervousness at the same time. But it's because I really care and it, it matters to me. It's really important to me. So I want to show up at my best and and I want to do my best. So so that's why it's it's nice that doubt sometimes also pushes you to learn more, to grow more, to to do your best. So it's yeah, a healthy doubt. It is. And and I find it's it's part of my ritual almost or my routine, that feeling like, you know, to have those kind of butterflies or whatever feeling you might have out of those thoughts are necessary. It's like an ingredient in my performance. And if I don't feel something like that, then I'm probably a bit off being my best yeah exactly so I guess it's it's making friends with these different things or understanding them and then we only understand them if we feel them yes yeah yeah, exactly and emotional intelligence first starts with a self-awareness right and this is all about self-awareness it is where are we at that at this right moment yeah it is and if we had more time I would go deeper into that (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) time is up believe it or not Megana and thank you for such a wonderful thoughtful kind conversation and we covered a lot of different areas yeah so Megana if people would like to know more about you to follow you what's the best way of connecting with you i think i'm quite active on linkedin so find me by my name and i would love to connect with everyone i'll leave the details in the show notes and you also co-host a podcast we do we do i co-host with sam that you introduced at the beginning it's our untaming femininity now it's the fifth season is about untaming leadership so so we talk about a lot of different leadership topics and also we have guests uh, talking about leadership which i really love brilliant okay and i will put a link to that in the show notes as well thank you Megana. thank you for your time it's been lovely Oh, thank you, Susan. This has been so amazing. And you make it so easy to talk to. And it's so comfortable to be in it. And I love listening to all the episodes of your podcast. So I'm honored to be one of the guests. Thank you. Thank you. And Zoom calmed down. Zoom stopped. (laughs) As soon as you told it to stop, it hurt. It's it's scary. That's very strange. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the paths we traversed on today's episode. If something rang through for you, be sure to let me know. Or maybe you can share this with someone in your life who would benefit from listening too. And if you enjoy helping others, I'd be so grateful if you would leave a review so that people who might also be curious about their own life beyond the numbers can discover this podcast too.